And I think that's the important thing to find something that you like. The school curriculum is just not suitable for everyone. My family have come through, have encouraged me and set an example for me. And they're still doing it. God bless them. Welcome to Elder Wisdom, stories from the Green Bench. I'm Erin Davis, and along with my co-host, Lloyd Hetherington, who is a scholar, a missionary, a grandfather, father, and widower. Today, we have a guest whose story is very familiar to Lloyd, and she's going to open her heart and perhaps even your eyes as she discusses being a caregiver to someone with dementia. Before we introduce our guest, let me tell you a bit about this Green Bench. Yes, it's actually green, and there's actually a bench, several, that are not just a place of respite, but of respect, of storytelling, of memories, of tales from the heart that will resonate with yours. These benches were created at and by Schlegel Village's retirement and long-term care homes and are really the basis for these Elder Wisdom podcasts. Today, we are joined by Beth Goodwin. While she's not a Schlegel Village resident, her husband is at University Gates in Kitchener-Waterloo. She's going to talk about being a caregiver to her dear Ed and the steps that she and her family took to bring him where he and where they are today. Lloyd, we're so honored to have Beth with us here today because, you know, she's another person who is so much like you in that you share stories of the struggles and the heartbreak of dementia. There's more than three quarters of a million Canadians living with Alzheimer's or another form of dementia, and you have both walked that path along with a loved one. How many years were you married to Marg, Lloyd? I was married for 61 years and one month to the date when my wife passed. During that time, we had some marvelous experiences together, tremendous adventures traveling the world. But uh, for the last five or six years of her life, dementia started setting in slowly, gradually, taking away her confidence, taking away her memory. And it was a real challenge being a caregiver because my goal was always to make sure that she was safe, secure, and loved. Tragically, she had a massive stroke and passed away within a week of that stroke, so that I experienced loss and living alone and loneliness. But Beth, you, on the other hand, have had a journey in some ways very similar. Would you mind telling me about it? My husband was diagnosed probably approximately three years ago, although I had noticed some things, some changes that were happening. And I made a point of making sure that he was diagnosed or we got help with the diagnosis. And slowly over time, um, you know, things got a little more difficult for him. Um, He's now just been in University Gates for two and a half months. So up till then, I was I was his primary caregiver with the assistance of um, some PSWs coming in t- into our home. So, but like you, it is a journey you have to go with your, your spouse. 
and it changes every day. You never really know what what the next day will bring. As a caregiver, you're involved 24-7, and then all of a sudden it's, it shifts, and you're involved maybe two or three hours, and then you have all that other time on your own, alone, and that can be very challenging. It is more challenging, but I have numerous friends, and I am in, in contact with them just via video. Thank goodness for technology. Oh. We have video chats with our daughter every time I'm here at University Gates. We make a point of calling our daughter, and so Ed can see her on the video chat as well. We get together about every other month, and we see everybody's faces on the computer. So that makes it easier for him to understand who he's talking to. So thank goodness for for technology. Oh, indeed. You were his primary caregiver for quite some time. Lloyd understands, but I don't think most people, those of us outside of the world that you have lived in and live in now, know how that is. Can you explain that like a day in the life before you brought Ed to University Gates? Well, it's certainly a 24-7 job, that's for sure. Um, Fortunately, Ed is very, he's, he's a very kind and very happy person. So that made it much easier as far as caring for him. You need to be on guard, if you want to say that, on every occasion, every minute of the day, really, because you never know what they might be uh, investigating or finding out. Or I I actually put a small alarm on my apartment door so that Mm. if he tried to go out of of the apartment, I would be notified that he was going out. But even, you know, even to cooking and that sort of thing. I always involved him with as much as I could get him involved. He always liked to have everything scheduled, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that. So much easier. Mm -hmm. So we'd get up in the morning, we'd get dressed, we'd make our bed together, you know, then we would make breakfast together, do some some kind of activity together. And it was much easier for him to manage if we he knew the schedule we were on. So that's what we did. And being confined because of COVID, we had to come up with some, you know, imaginative ideas. We did puzzles together. We did coloring. We did whatever we could together to pass the time, like most people did. But it's unique to someone that's has dementia because their day is you know, a little more skewed than what ours are. The passage of time didn't seem to mean a lot to Ed. Like he didn't really understand the fact that it was morning, noon or evening. So it was challenging, but my my children are very imaginative too. So they gave me lots of help and brought us things that we could use during the day. Um, we played cards, we did dominoes, we did lots of things together. And looking back on that, I found that as a plus because that was time that I spent with him, you know, 24-7. But when he eventually went into long-term care, there was a big gaps in your life. How are you adjusting to the fact that your role as a caregiver has changed so much? Well, I do my normal things first thing in the morning when I get up, because I usually visit Ed in the afternoon. Um, 
So, you know, those mundane things that you have to do, clean your house or mm. do your laundry, do those in the morning. And then I look forward to coming up in the afternoons to visit him. So I spend the afternoon with him. And if it's either going for a walk or we're in the his suite, um, we just chat or he has a nap uh, and I have a nap and we just <laughs> do that for the uh. afternoon. Ed enjoys looking out the window. He's got a nice view into the conservation area here and, and he loves watching the cars go by and we discuss mm-hmm. cars and like whatever his conversation is, I try to mm-hmm. encourage that. Regardless of the topic, I try to be engaged with him as well. And that that's the way so that the intimacy and the care is still there and although things have changed there's still that bond that is so precious that person is a treasure to you and you are holding that treasure in your hands just now and doing it so beautifully absolutely i mean we have lots of laughs together which we always did you know we've had a long time together and like you you know we did lots of traveling which was lovely after we both retired for the most part so you know, we could, we shared those memories, but now we just, you know, we're making new memories, whether it's with the kids on video chat. I think you have to be in the moment. That's the idea. Be in the moment because that's what you have to work on. And that's where he is. Exactly. Exactly. And that concept, be in the moment, make new memories. That's fantastic. The experience of your life have changed. But you've determined that life will go on and you'll make the best of the situation. And that is so, so positive. Absolutely. I just wish more more people would realize that when we see a label like uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, that's not the end. It's just the beginning of a new chapter. New chapter. Yes, exactly. I mean, I've come, come to Ed's suite when he's had he's decided that he had to reorganize his clothing. And so when I got there, I said, that's good. Let's finish your reorganization. Like you help him through that, Mm -hmm. whatever they're involved in. And as my doctor said one time, unless they're a danger to themselves or someone else, you need to be with them in that moment and enjoy that time, whatever it might be. It might be counting out blocks. We do baseball cards. That's something our daughter gave us and sort through baseball cards. Mm. So whatever the, whatever we're doing in the moment is what we're, what I'm enjoying with him. That is so wise. Enjoy where you are doing what you're doing and just make the most of it. Those are very wise words indeed, Beth. Thank you. Yes. Well, it's true. And yes, you're quite right. I think some people don't see past the what they've been diagnosed with and and it's it's a it's a learning curve for sure but you know you just have to be there with them and enjoy whatever they're doing this diagnosis for ed you had foreshadowing of this beth in that ed's father brother and sister also had dementia and you even helped care for your husband's dad 25 years ago yes so you recognized the same symptoms in your husband and then he was diagnosed in 2018 that must have been just the 
biggest gut punch to see that this was happening to your own dear husband? Yes, it, it was. It was. But it wasn't a shock to me. Uh-huh. It Because of the history, the family history. Um, I mean, you never, ever want to hear that diagnosis. But I'm very realistic. I'm very proactive. I need to know that if this is what the diagnosis was going to be, then I needed to do the best I could for him and get all the help I could get to go through this journey. Mm, The physical challenges and the social limitations. And something that a lot of people forget about or don't know about is that spousal caregivers can be more likely to experience depression than the care recipient. I mean, the exhaustion of being awake at all hours and waiting for that apartment door alarm to go off or where is Ed? Is he safe? What's he doing? That must have been so much for you to carry. And do you feel free to admit that without guilt? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. I think when you're in it, you don't realize how much it is because, of course, you love this person dearly because, well, for me, I, you know, 50 years practically, and you do the best you can do because that's, he would do the same for me, you know, and I don't think I realized how much it was, but again, I had my family, my daughter and my son and their spouses, of course, and they did as much as they could do for us whenever they could. And when Ed came to live at University Gates, it's probably then that I realized how much I was head on my shoulders. Mm. And it was, I guess, if you want to say, a relief that I didn't have to be on 24-7. But along with that, I knew the care and kindness that he was getting at University Gates. The staff is wonderful and he's very happy and he's just adjusted so well. It makes me happy to see that he's okay. So I can leave him here and go home and know that he's well cared for. Walk us through the decision to take him from your home and into the long-term care facility at University Gates, would you, Beth? Well, I, as I said, I'm I'm very proactive. I need to know what's available. If there's if there's assistance, if there's help out there, so my daughter and I were able to visit some of the facilities that had memory care, and so we came to the decision that University Gates was the location that we wanted to have for Ed. And so we just basically put our name on a list and then waited. Then we, as a family, I talked with my children and they were 100% supportive that it was time now that we needed to do this. And together as a family, um, and we tried to explain it to Ed, but with the understanding that I was having difficulty and I needed help so that he, if he would live here and there would be assistance, then it would be helpful for me. So that's how we approached it with him. Mm. And he was okay with that. So then we came here and 
I was actually in quarantine with him for two weeks. We got to know the staff, we got to know the routines. And so when I left, it was like, in his mind, possibly that I was just going off to do my chores, you know, my appointments, whatever. And he was comfortable staying there. So that two week quarantine period, I think was very helpful for him to adjust, to stay here. It was remarkably easy. You sound like an amazing wife and, um, you know, 50 years and Lloyd with his wife of 61 years. You can, I'm sure, both speak to the importance of family all being on the same page when a decision like this has to be made. And I hear about, Beth, you know, you're talking about your your family bringing baseball cards, doing things that you can do with Ed or they can do, you know, virtually with him and those sorts of important things. Can we talk about the importance of family? You don't just take someone, wave goodbye and drive off. It's just so vital what you all have been doing together in the care stage story over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, our children are, my daughter lives, uh, doesn't live in Kitchener. And we do, we make a point of playing games with the grandchildren as well, over virtually. I mean, they're missing their grandpa so much too, but they at least get that connection virtually. So at some point, you know, we will be able to see them in person. But I think that's so important because it's it's nice to see their faces. In fact, our daughter, when we went into um, quarantine, she gave us a package. So there was 14 packages that she wrapped with the help of the other family members. So each day we opened up one package and then it was either a game or it was a puzzle. But every day we had a special surprise from the family that we were able to open. So that was that was very Beth, special. Beth, your us. family and mine sound so much alike. When I moved in, uh, for, uh, it was twelve packages, not fourteen. So one every day, and I look forward in anticipation to sometimes a book of puzzles, sometimes a suite, sometimes a game. Yes. But I want to step back a bit. You are so thoughtful, and you plan, you think, and I just love the process where. You looked around, you tried to see what was the best, you involved your family in the discussions, and you made the decisions carefully, thoughtfully, and with love. I have a friend whose wife had Alzheimer's, and he promised that he would never put her in a home, and he wore himself out because he was on call 24-7, he had such a guilt complex because of the promise that he would take care of her forever. But the point is, by finding a good, caring environment, is really caring for that individual far more than your frazzled service 24-7. Exactly. I agree 100%. Because finding a place for them that you know will be good for them, they'll be looked after, they're well cared for, they're well fed, everything that is looking after them. And that's my opinion, 100%. But there's some people that don't see that that way. And I don't quite understand because you do get burnt out. And I'll admit that I was getting to that point. It's just, you can only do so much yourself. Right. And as you become burnt out, your care and service diminishes so that 
that your loved one gets less and less of the care that they require. Exactly. So you made the right decision. Oh, I know. Absolutely, I have. Yes, for sure. To see him as happy as he is and well cared for, that means the world to me. And it makes things so much easier because I know when I come the next time, he'll be just as happy and just as well cared for. This is his family too now. Mm. So this is an extended mm. family of ours and he's in with his and his friends. Mm -hmm. So that's what they've become, his friends and his family. And that's so special. It's part of the DNA of the Schlegel villages that they don't have employees here. They have team members and they just get to know you, get to know your interests and your needs. And it is amazing, the caring attitude. I, I just cannot say enough for the way they care for the individuals. And like you say, it becomes an extended family. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Beth, could you help the people who are listening today and are wondering where to go for information, what to do, how to ask for help? Could you kind of guide us through what you did and what you would recommend for someone who has been in your, sh or who is now in the shoes that you were wearing not so long ago? Well, the first thing I did was I went to my, my family doctor and they actually have a special team in their clinic that deals with elderly patients, their unique health needs. And so we went there with some concerns, mainly over Ed's memory. Some things were slipping away a little bit and, and they were more than just where you put the car keys right. or, you know, like it was more than that. And I knew that. Mm -hmm. So we went to our family doctor who we've had for years and we know that they will look after things. So they did some testing of Ed and then they eventually brought in the Alzheimer's Society to give us some assistance. They gave us the information that we needed. And it was also through them that we were in touch with the Lynn, which was the CCAC here in Kitchener-Waterloo. So they handle um, long-term care facilities and they get in touch with PSW service for you if you need that. So those two things, well, three, our doctor, the Alzheimer's Society and the Lynn were the three big things that helped me get through this. And Lynn standing for Local Health Integration Network, but now it's Home and Community Care Support Services. Yes. And something else that's really inspiring for me, and I'm sure for Lloyd as well, is that you talk to everybody and then you did the research. You looked at the facilities, you spoke with the staff, and you listened to good friends. You gleaned everything that you could so that you could feel like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. We're doing the right thing as a family for Ed. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that you can't do it yourself. You can't. Right. It's impossible. As Lloyd said, you, you get burnt out. Like you get the, your care that you can give to your loved one is, is diminished. And Beth, Beth, the beauty of it is you didn't uh, have any stigma attached to the fact that it had this problem. You acknowledged it. You shared it with people so that they could uh, walk with you and could share information and share encouragement. Yes. There's some people who have strange notions that they're so embarrassed that 
They have the label of dementia or Alzheimer's, and they shouldn't be. No. It happens. Tragically, it happens. And like you've learned, you live with it. You do what you can. You adjust to it. Whereas others deny it, they hide it. Yes. And it just puts another dimension of burden carrying on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have some very, very good friends, very close friends, who I shared initially with them, and they understood it all. You know, there was no explanation. There was pure acceptance of Ed. It was okay. There wasn't any stigma attached to it. And that that helped me as well. But again, it's you have to reach out to either friends or family or the facilities that are out there in the community that can help you. That's what they're there for. Absolutely. And that's so and, important. Yeah. Beth, I hope the listeners get that message that the problems may come. And if they do, be proactive. Mm-hmm. Don't hesitate to share with others. Reach out for help. And, and that may be just the encouragement that some people need to start taking the initiative for the one they love. That's right. And no one's judging you. You know, you don't have to feel strange about phoning them. They are just there to help in whatever means they can. And there is a book that Lloyd wished that he had had before coming into Schlegel Villages and one that we will recommend that people who are listening and maybe having some of the questions and situations that you yourself have lived through, Beth. And it's by our episode 17 guest, author Deborah Bakhti, who wrote Now What? Managing the Emotional Journey of Long-Term Care for Families and You have helped so much today. And of course, Lloyd, too, with your perspective about erasing stigma, as has the U.S. former First Lady Rosalind Carter, who said this, and it's really quite profound and true. There are only four kinds of people in our world, those who have been caregivers, those who are currently caregivers, those who will be caregivers, and those who will need caregivers. Hmm. Here's to the caregivers, to the families, to compassion, support, understanding, and openness like you've shared with us today. Beth, thank you. You're very welcome. And I do hope that someone will be helped with this. You could be certain of that, Beth, that mm-hmm. your words of compassion and care and, and wisdom will truly be appreciated. And someone somewhere will say, thank goodness we heard Beth share her experience. Thank you. Thank you. I do hope so. I hope you'll come back and join Lloyd and me again. On episode 21, we're pleased to have with us Steve Smith. Yes, that's Steve Smith, the wonderful Red Green himself, the one who always reminds us, if you can't be handsome, be handy. Get your duct tape ready and don't miss it. And we want to make sure that you don't, so please subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks. You'll be notified just as soon as they're up. We invite you to please share your thoughts and opinions on social media using hashtag Elder Wisdom to help everybody find us on this green bench and be heard. Just take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. And if it's easier, go to elderwisdom.ca to find the link. While you're there, take the Elder Wisdom Pledge. It only takes a moment, but it means a lot. On behalf of Lloyd Hetherington, I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Your seat on the green bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom. Stories from the Green Bench. 
is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long-term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.